And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Jeff Rudes, who during his near-death experience saw himself from outside of his body and realized the joy of life. Jeff, thank you for joining me today and welcome. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> um, really appreciate uh, being on the show and appreciate the chance to uh, be able to tell my story. Um, hopefully I can touch a few people with it. Um, I think mine is quite unique. Uh, yeah, then I guess I'll just start from the beginning. Yeah. So I, I was about 22, 23 years old. This is quite a while now if it's over 21 years old. So whoever can do math finds out that I'm 44. <laughs> uh, yeah. And back then I was having quite a difficult time in my life and couldn't really deal with even the small challenges that I had at that time and uh, wound up deciding to take my own life. Um, yeah, maybe not the best decision, but it did lead me to an NBE. You know, I suppose the question is always, why would somebody want to take their life? Well, there's a lot of different answers for that, I think. And uh, honestly, the reasons that I did it, uh, especially when I look back on it now, I, I almost laugh uh, at how trivial and small they were. But uh it was bad enough for me to want to uh, take my life back then. Um, and really what got me there was just concentrating all the time on all the bad things that were happening or whatever. And I just couldn't see anything else. That's uh, yeah. Um, if anybody ever gets to that point, then, then they know um, you don't see anything but the negativity basically. So I was there. Yeah. And the way I decided to do it was uh, basically take as many pills as I could find. Um, yeah, I was in my apartment alone at the time, and uh, this is back before we were all so connected with the internet and stuff like that. I mean, we had cell phones back then, of course, but uh, I didn't care about anything, so I pretty much shut everything off except for the television and, uh, yeah, had the glass of water and all the pills in my hand. I took uh, 62 basically a family pack of antihistamines, <laughs> uh, which I thought would do the job and a handful of painkillers. Well, of course, I'm leaving brain names out, brain brand names out of this, but uh, yeah, you can probably imagine what they were anyways. Uh, yeah, so I took all of those, uh, laid down on my sofa, watched some TV, and uh, yeah, just basically waited to die. That's all I really wanted at that point. Um, the last thing I can remember is uh, seeing sort of a comedy on TV, which is sort of strange, but uh, yeah, it was a comedy with Santa Claus on it. That's the last thing I remember before I went to, before I closed my eyes. Um, yeah, so I closed my eyes, fell asleep, and at some point I woke up. Um, and I could tell you, uh, taking that many antihistamines uh, does some pretty wacky stuff to your body. Um, it makes you hallucinate. Um, definitely not the kind of hallucination that I would suggest anybody do for anybody who might be interested in something like that. Please don't. Um, yeah, but it also makes you sort of lose yourself. Um, I can say when I woke up, uh, I really wasn't sure who I was at all. Uh, I knew I was somebody I, I knew that i was in my apartment more or less i 
there were phases though in between where I really didn't even know anything about anything at all. Just almost complete, uh, a complete shutdown of the brain, I guess you could say, uh, in between here and there. So, yeah, some of the hallucinations I had, at least the ones that I remember, um, that part of the entire experience is very cloudy in my head. Uh, it is not clear at all. And um, one of the hallucinations I had was uh, that I thought I was giving a little kid a bath in the tub uh, and found out actually that it was the area rug that I had thrown in the tub and left the water on. <laughs> Yeah, of course, in that kind of a mind frame, I think you can make mistakes like that. So, yeah, apparently I had left the water on and went to do something else. I don't know. Well, the bathtub flooded over, and uh, these are things I found out, of course, after this experience. Flooded over, and the water came down the walls in the tenant's apartment, apartment under me. Yeah, so she, being an elderly lady, had uh, called the police. Um, yeah, the police came to the apartment. Uh, I vaguely remember moments of that. I mean, all of this was like shattered time. Uh, I just really remember half clear moments and the other things are just complete blackout. Yeah, they came, uh, tried to straighten me out. They kept asking me, hey, do you know who you are? What planet are you on? Are you on Mars? And they said, no, I don't know. I, I, honestly, I, I have no idea what I answered. But uh, apparently I was no danger to them and they saw me as no danger to myself. So they left. They had better things to do. Um, this was a suburb of Chicago um, where drugs was a daily thing on their agenda. So uh, for them, it was just another guy who was whacked out on drugs. So, yeah, they left. And honestly, I'm not exactly sure what I did after that up to a certain point. And this is where I feel that my NDE came to play. I sat down on the couch, just sort of put my head up, leaned back on the couch, and looked at where the wall joins the ceiling, basically. And I remember not really being able to close my eyes. I remember also sort of remember not being able to move. It's not like I really wanted to, but if I wanted to, I knew that I couldn't. And I saw a little black dot up there, and I thought, wow, what is that? <laughs> I remember this clearly. This part is very clear, all of it, after, after this part here, starting there. And the black dot just started getting bigger. And I thought, okay, well, what is this black dot? You know, and I'm just looking at it. I'm amazed by it, of course, you know. And it got bigger, bigger. And then I started seeing some white. Uh, I thought, okay, what is that? And very quickly, it came directly to me. As if, uh, as if whatever it was saw me. Well, I'm just going to spoil the surprise now. I, I really am certain that that was my mind's rendition of death. So it had basically a black robe, sort of, but it sort of faded into nothing. This, this black was n not a black that I've ever seen. Uh, I think years ago they, they, uh, some scientists somewhere made a black that's the blackest black on earth it was sort of like that um if you looked into it you really just saw absolutely nothing like a void so this was basically the robe of this thing it also had hands they were very elongated pointy um i wouldn't say bony but extremely skinny um 
and a face. It was also elongated. Um, it had, I would say, skin, not really. It was more like cracked ash. Um, if you've ever seen like really dried out mud, which I'm sure you have, um, like that, but with ash. <laughs> Strange. And uh, the eyes were also this deep, dark black. Um, the hair was the same way, and it also had hair. It had long black hair. So, I mean, pretty much everything I'm explaining sounds like the angel of death, at least people, many, many people's accounts of it. And that's what I assume it is or was for me. So the stranger thing about that is, is it sat in the chair next to me as I was sitting on the couch. Of course, this time I wasn't really looking up anymore. I was looking at it. Uh, and to be honest with you, I can't be sure what my body was doing after that. Um, I don't even know if I was in my body at that point, to be honest with you. So we began to converse, but we didn't talk with our mouths. It had what I assumed to be a mouth. It was sort of a slit more of anything, more than anything else. But we had a conversation, but it was more like we were doing it telepathically between one another. And it was comfortable. It was like talking to an old friend. Um, I had no fear, um, no anxiety, nothing at all. Um, and we had talked for a while. Honestly, I had no feeling for time. So I don't know how long we talked. <laughs> but at some point, death pointed directly at my face. Um, and after that, it was more or less directly teleported to another place. I know a lot of people with NDEs say that they see a, a, a light, or, you know, a light tunnel and all that. Well, I didn't have that. Um, I was just automatically transported somewhere else. It was a very bright place. Um, I remember that much. Um, my mind still has trouble dealing with this today, uh, still has trouble coming to terms with exactly what happened then. Um, quite possibly because uh, my recollection recollection of the moment was influenced by what I had taken. Um, that's possible, but this was not hallucination. This was, this felt real. Um, it didn't even just feel real like you and I sitting here right now talking. It felt like ultra real. Um, like that was the real reality. And yeah, so this place was bright, uh, you know, really, really white, everything, different shades of white, uh, fairly clear. Um, I felt great there. Um, I felt, and <laughs> yeah, I, I have to also add to this. Um, I grew up in an area where Christianity was extremely strong. And because of that began to, yeah, I have a, a dislike for religion in general. So um, I have to say something like this for me and something like this for me to experience is at that point, especially nearly impossible. I was in a very hateful point in my life. Um, yeah. So at any rate, I, I was there and I felt love. I mean, I, I really can't say it any different way. Um, the feeling that I've had for, for other family members of mine uh, times a hundred. Um, there was just no real way to put that into words. 
uh, I hear that a lot <laughs> and it's true. You really can't put it into words, the feeling that you get there. So somebody was there with me and I looked at them. And like I said, I, I grew up in a very strongly Christian area. This person had long brown hair, just like the pictures of Jesus that you would see. Um, if I didn't know any better, I could say it was Jesus, but the face on this person was blurry. It wasn't clear. There was, there was no real face and it didn't seem to matter at that moment. This other person didn't seem to care what I thought of them or the way I felt at the moment, other than the fact that I was there, there were, there was just unconditional love was the best way to put it. Uh, and I still, to this day, I'm not really sure who that person was, but, uh, I guess it doesn't really matter. Otherwise I would know. So, uh, we had talked the same way that death and I had talked. We had a conversation, but again, more like tele telepathy. I, I knew what they were saying and they knew what I was saying. And it was more like a, an exchange than an actual conversation. It just, it flowed. <laughs> And we did this for a time. Again, I'm not sure how long time was of no substance at this moment. And after a while, uh, again, instantly um, with this person, I was teleported to a different place or transported to a different place. And this time it was more like a city. Um, the buildings were not clear to me, but I could tell that there were large structures i'd say structures rather than buildings um because yeah like i said anything that i can try to put into words doesn't even touch or scratch the surface here <laughs> and yeah it, it was really really strange because i saw a bubble in front of me just a big bubble like a, a human-sized bubble <laughs> it was round of course you know and this person was next to me and I looked at this person, we conversed again or exchanged again for a while. And then I looked down at the bubble, started to focus on that. And I started to see swirling colors, like lots of different swirling colors, like millions of colors, every color in between that you would see in a rainbow, all the colors that you don't see normally. And I got closer to this bubble and the person was still with me. They were just waiting for me to do whatever it is I was doing. And I got closer, closer and closer. And I looked inside and I saw a person inside, life-size, uh, as big as me. And this person uh, was sort of in a fetal position, but more like laying on its back, uh, very comfortable, um, like one would maybe do uh, at a doctor's office. I don't know. So I looked closer, thought, I thought, thought it was very strange to see a person. They were also smiling with like a Buddhist smile on their face. And as I looked closer, I figured it was me laying in there. That was probably the strangest thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. Um, or should I say my no longer physical life, I would assume. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, but I was happy. I was just totally content, happy, laying in this bubble. And over the years, thinking about this moment, I think that maybe that is the way that it was presented to me, that my brain can comprehend how our spirit is, um, that it's in sort of a protective bubble and it's doing its thing, I guess. I don't know. Um, that's what I came to after many, many years of thinking about that scene. 
so after I had realized that that was me, I sort of stepped back a little bit. I wasn't shocked or anything. And, and again, there was no fear or anything like this. And uh, yeah, I had conversed more with this person who was with me. And I had the feeling after that, that they wanted to convey, they wanted to convey to me that it was fine, that everything is wonderful, that, you know, maybe not everything is wonderful, but they, they wanted to convey to me that, that it's fine, that there's, it's okay to be loved, it's okay to mess up. Um, it's sort of the feeling I had after that. Um, and then something quite strange happened. Um, I remember basically standing back another version of me, so three versions of me in general you've got the one in the bubble the one that's talking to this person and then another one that was just watching and it, it was kind of weird it was like me watching me talk to a person in a in a bubble <laughs> uh it sounds really weird i know but uh yeah that's what it felt like and uh i just i got the general feel i got from it like i said was being loved loving um something very strange for me at that moment in my life um yeah. So again, after that went on for a time, not sure how long again, um, I was teleported again to somewhere else instantly as well. Um, this person was still with me and we were stretching out our arms, you know, like this, <laughs> like an airplane, like you would as a kid to, to, to run around and play airplane. It was strange. And I realized that we were flying, uh, and I thought it was kind of funny that we were stretching out our arms like an airplane. And I just sort of looked over and I saw a smile on this face. Um, that's That part of it became clear to me. The rest of the face still wasn't, strangely enough. But yeah, we were flying and I was looking down. I saw a field. It's a big, big, huge, wide open green field. Uh, really beautiful, really. Really the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, really. And I could feel warmth, like on a comfortably warm summer day you know where the air is just right and the smell of flowers is in the air uh something like that but you know plus 100 so i'm looking down at this field and i'm thinking okay well that's cool you know we're up in the air well where are we and i look over to my left and i see a big forest you know and and i can smell the like a smell of dew, like the, the, yeah, the wet smell that comes from a forest, but it was extremely welcoming. And we flew over there and I looked down and saw forest for a while and we kept flying. And uh, then I saw like a clearing in the forest and in this clearing was really crazy interesting for me still to this day i'm kind of like what was that exactly <laughs> it's a it's a mystery to me but there was a gathering of people down there and they were sort of in like middle-aged clothes middle-aged yeah uh, like medieval time clothes basically like uh but really beautiful uh beautifully dressed beautiful people from what i could see were really far away i couldn't really see that much they were very small um there were also animals there uh yeah but I stopped over that point and watched for a bit and it looked like they were celebrating like, like the biggest party you've ever seen, you know, but everybody was really happy and dancing and uh, even the animals were like jumping around and everything seemed awesome. And to this day, I'm not exactly sure what that was. Um, I can take some stabs at it 
and kind of guess at it. I think it might have been either somebody coming to that place and a celebration on that person. It might have even been mine for the future. Um, maybe I was meant to see that like that. So, yeah, because it, at the end of this experience, I'm going to jump ahead just a touch. At the end of this experience, what I took out of it was that uh, wanting to take your own life is definitely not the answer at all. Um, there's a reason we're here. Um, it's the feeling I had when I came back. And the other feeling I had was uh, taking one's life is against every reason that we're here. So choosing to do that is yeah, not the best idea, I think. That's that's what I got from that. And since then, I've, I've never tried again, by the way. Um, I never wanted to anymore. After that experience, it, this, this feeling of this deep feeling of depression never came back. Sure, I've been depressed before or after that and whatever, but not that deep. So anyways, back to my story or back to the NDE. We flew over this forest uh, and I watched for a duration. And after I was finished, we continued flying, went back over the field. And I looked over to this person, or I wanted to look over to this person. They were gone. They weren't there anymore this time. I was by myself. I was still stretching my arms out like an airplane, by the way. <laughs> and uh, I remember looking down at the field, and it started going faster. And it just steadily picked up speed. And I looked forward, and I saw on the horizon like a grayish blue basically a gray blue with with the with the white brightness of this place anyways mixed in with it and i kept started going faster and faster and faster i could see that because the field was moving you know and at some point everything became a blur and it all blurred into this horizon after that i remember nothing um at some point i woke up uh from my entire experience um Again, foggy headed. Um, I could start to remember who I was. I had some recollection of the experience, but it was like questionable at that questionable at that point. Like, am I really here? Am I home, or am, what am I doing now? And uh, yeah, I mean, after that, uh, nothing really special happened. I did actually seek help for uh, wanting to take my own life and all that. Uh, that was whatever it was, but uh, the only thing that really helped me out of it was what I had experienced in my NDE. That was what really brought me to a different level, basically, in my head. Um, there was no, by the way, there was no fire, there was no devil, there was no whatever, um, no judgment, nor tormation, no torment, no damnation or whatever. Um, it wasn't waiting for me. I knew, though, that I did something wrong or maybe not wrong. I knew that I had taken a wrong choice or decided wrongly. Um, but like I said, no persecution or anything like that. And that was pretty much my experience. Jeff, thank you for sharing your story with us. I'm surprised I've never asked this question, but at the moment you were taking the pills, mm -hmm. were you feeling any fear at that time? While I was taking the pills, no. Um, at that point, gosh, I, I didn't feel anything really. Um, you know, if you, I'm sure you've met people in this position before that have come to the decision to take their own life. But uh, for me, there was nothing at all. Uh, it was just 
I want to get these pills down and go to sleep. That was it. <laughs> you called the first being the angel of death. Do you think that being could also be considered the Grim Reaper? Sure, sure, definitely. Um, a lot of the imagery that I see from the Grim Reaper or the Angel of Death or whatever, it has the same kind of form. You know, it's always got sort of black robe on with a skeletal face and long skeletal fingers. I mean, it's always portrayed as a skeleton, basically. For me, it was something different. I wouldn't say that it was skeletal, but it was definitely not alive. Um, that was obvious to me. It was just, it was just it. Um, and it's something else that I took out of this experience. I, I have the feeling that death in itself isn't particularly a being. It just is. Um, and like I said before, I think that this was my brain's way of telling me, making it into this form. This is death. This is your moment. I've had a few guests claim that they've met the Grim Reaper, and they basically say that this being is a friendly being. Would you say the yeah, same thing? Definitely. Definitely. Like I said, it was like talking to an old friend, like talking to somebody I've known forever. Can you remember any of the conversations that you had? Unfortunately, no. None at all. <laughs> um, and like I said, I think that that has to do with the state of mind that I was in back then, why I can't remember the conversations. Because I, I think the translation back to my human brain was just not there anymore. Um, which is why I say I think that the most important thing that I got out of this was the feeling that I didn't want to do it again. Now, you went to this place that you said had a lot of buildings. Would you say it looks something current to what we have or something completely different? No, something completely different. Um, it, it's hard to explain. It's really hard to put into words. It was like not exactly skyscrapers, but extremely high structures, um, but almost like elongated mountains. Um, but you could also tell that there was a structure to it. Uh, and this was like a whole city of these things, these, these structures. Uh, I didn't see too much of it. I don't think that that was important for my experience, or at least I didn't focus on that so much. But I could tell that was my surroundings. That's what I could see. And uh, they were all different shades of white. Like I said, this entire place was different shades of white and with colors sort of translucently mixed in. Would you consider the buildings or that city to be futuristic or more something not from Earth? Yeah, I had the feeling of, uh, when I look back on it, when I reflect on it, I have to say I have more of a feeling of futuristic than, and, and something not on Earth. Um, it was definitely somewhere else, 100%. Um, that was something that I won't forget, definitely, but uh, it's also something I can't completely explain. <laughs> when you came across the medieval party, do you think you were perhaps seeing a past life, time traveling, or maybe they were having this party for you? It's quite possible, especially at the place I was in my life then. I can't imagine that. But as far as time travel, no, I didn't get that feeling. Um, I didn't get the feeling that I was in a different time or in a place at all on Earth or a different place altogether besides whatever this place was. Um, let's just define it as heaven because <laughs> I have no better way to describe it. And uh, yeah, no, 
I'd have to agree too that I, I think that was either for me or for me in the future or something like that. Um, definitely the feeling I was getting from it. Uh, I mean, I could feel the celebration too, which is really interesting about the whole thing. Can you comment on the difference between this experience and the hallucinations that you had from taking the pills? Yeah, I can actually quite clearly. Um, the hallucinations I had um, was like a cloudy mess. <laughs> um, I know I had a lot more hallucinations than just the one I remember. I don't remember them because it was just, there was the time was blotchy blackouts were in between. Um, my head was so cloudy and so messed up. I wasn't even really sure like I said, who I was exactly or exactly where I was. I wasn't even really sure if it was day or night, besides the fact that I knew it was bright. That's it. During the hallucinations. During my experience, um, I had a hyper sense of reality. Uh, I was there, and so was this person, and so was everything that happened to me. Um, it was hyper real um over real ex extra real extravagant <laughs> you could say and i have a clear memory of the things that i do remember are extremely clear like it happened yesterday like it, if you ask me in 20 years again i'll tell you the same story there might be a few details less or more because i've remembered more of it but that's it um and yeah, it's also one of the reasons that I decided to come forward with this um, is that I do really believe genuinely that it was real um, and that it wasn't just a part of the hallucinations. Would you say that it was more real than you and I talking together right now? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, there's no other way I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think you've changed due to this experience? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, taking taken from that experience was definitely a feeling of uh, not wanting to take my life anymore, not wanting, not being able at all to get to that point. Even, um, like I said, I've I've been depressed since then and stuff like that, and been sad or whatever. But I have never been to that point again, and I think it's because of that experience. Um, another thing I took out of that is I find that I have a more fine-tuned antenna for um, yeah, feelings, I guess. Uh, not necessarily even just that. Uh, I hate to say auras because it's not like that. I don't see auras, but just a finer antenna for uh, yeah, what we don't see, I guess. Um, I've ignored it for many, many years. Um, I tried to ignore this experience, to be honest with you. I tried to ignore it for a long time and decided it was time not to uh but yeah that's what i took out of that i mean i did i didn't get any special extra special senses or anything like that uh no so to say superpowers <laughs> which i think is really cool when people have that and, and i actually do believe that it happens but uh, that was not my part of it i think this entire experience was there to tell me you don't need to do this and uh, I'd like to say, if there's anybody who actually sees this, who is in a place where they're thinking about taking their own lives or whatever, 
you don't need to do it. There's always support there. There's always somebody there. Just have to open your eyes for it. I had the same thing. I didn't want to see it though. And I think that's what this experience was pushing me towards. Do you fear death at all? I don't fear it. Um, as a matter of fact, it's a question I've had a few times and I'm almost proud to say that I'm not afraid of it at all. What I do is I sort of loathe it. Um, I don't want it anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, I like my life. Uh, it's difficult. Yeah, living is difficult. Living is difficult for all of us. But I'm happy. I'm happy to be alive. Um, and I want to say I probably took that from my NDE uh, for my experience because I didn't have that before. Um, and yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not dancing around on, on tulips and daisies and saying life is wonderful. Yeah, no, it's, it's a pain in the ass sometimes, but, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be alive and I don't want to die, but fear of death. No. Do you feel like you have a new purpose since you've been back? Not exactly that. No. Um, I wouldn't say that. I would say that as I've started to think about death a little bit more, um, now that I'm getting a bit older, uh, I think it happens to a lot of us. Um, I've, which is one of the reasons I wanted to come on your show is I've decided that I would like to spread the word for people who are uh, uh, maybe thinking about taking their own lives or maybe even scratching on the subject that uh, I hope that I can spread a bit more of the, the joy and love that I felt, I guess. Um, or, uh, yeah, an extra purpose? No, I don't really think so, actually. You've watched some videos on my channel and you've had your own NDE. Have you started making your own analysis of what NDEs are and what's the purpose of them? Extremely, actually, yes. Um, it's something I did after my experience. It took me a few years to actually be interested at all in NDEs or what exactly a near-death experience is. Um, I didn't before that. I didn't care. I didn't even know what an NDE was. <laughs> after that. Uh, yeah, I started looking intensely in on NDEs. Um, I've always been interested in uh, occultish kind of things and uh, the unexplained anyways, so NDEs just played into it perfectly. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, the episodes I've seen of your show, uh, I've actually, yeah, I've seen a lot of them. Um, very interesting. And one of the things that I see uh, from the books I've read, from the videos I've seen from your channel and others, there are some things that are commonplace, um, and then there are things that are extremely individual. And something that I have to say about that is I really believe everybody who has an NDE or everybody who has some sort of an out-of-body experience, one of the reasons why they're individual is because we're all indiv uh, different individuals anyways. So we're going to interpret things differently uh, than the next person anyways. So why wouldn't our experiences be different? Um, this whole black and white uh, thing that religion tries to spin, um, I'm still not a fan of religion at all. Uh, I'll say that openly. Um, that's that's just far too black and white. Um, there's, there's no depth in it. Um, what I see or read or hear about NDEs uh, is often so much deeper, so much more individual. It's almost clear to me that it should be that way. Um, 
also one of the things I've taken from that is uh, the idea that we're all here to do something. And exactly what that something is, well, that's probably just as individual as NDEs and anything else that we have. Um, I really think that we're here to do something that we have decided we want to do and possibly something that we need to do. What that is for myself, I honestly can't even tell you. I don't think I need to know that, though. I think this is sort of a need to know life. <laughs> what we need to know, we know. What we need to do, we do. Um, to live, we need electricity in our bodies. We just have that. We just do it. And I think it's the same thing with the spiritual pur purpose. We're just doing it. Um, does that mean that I think it's right that some people do extremely wrong things? Um, I'm not going to go into the details, but I think anybody can imagine uh, what I'm talking about. No, I don't think it's right. Do I think that maybe somebody else wanted to experience that? Maybe. Well, that's something I can't say. It's something I have learned from NDEs and all the other extraordinary things that I've read and learned. Uh, out-of-body experiences, all that, um, communication um, with people who are have passed or communication with people who are passing, things like that. Uh, yeah, it, it's a subject I find totally interesting, definitely. How has your own personal social circle reacted to your NDE? <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Not much. Uh, well, because most of them, uh, most of them, I haven't told about it. Uh, the people that I have told um, have reacted well to it. Um, most of them have said, "Okay, you've got to write that down as a book or something." And I say, "Well, I could. Uh, sure, I'm not a writer, though. Number one, and number two, uh, I don't really think that that would help." much i don't know anyways what i mean to say with that is they've been extremely supportive some have found it uh, flaky of me um but these kind of people i don't have around me anymore i tend to push people like that away anyways um yeah but i would say 90 percent of the people that i've told about it which aren't many have been supportive well after watching this podcast people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions are you up mm -hmm. for that yeah, that's fine. Uh, they could do that. My email is rudesjeff at yahoo.com. Um, just like my last name with my first name in front of it at yahoo.com. Pretty easy. Before we finish up, can you give us one last positive message? Enjoy life. Uh, even if it's difficult, even if you're really seriously down in the dumps, it feels like everything's just taking a dump on you. Uh, Still, enjoy it. It's your experience to experience. It might not be enjoyable, but at some point you will look back on it and think, I learned something from that. So enjoy life while you have it. Thank you for that message. And Jeff, thank you for being my guest. Thanks for having me. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.